Listener Production. US tech stocks find their mojo and lead Wall Street higher overnight. And Aussie shares expected to end the week slightly lower with energy producers in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 23rd of June. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, we've made it to the end of the week. It's been an eventful week and the ladies in the state of origin uh, did the job that the gentlemen couldn't do with the Sky Blues uh, triumphing. Yes, well done to New South Wales. And while they did win last night's game, they lost the overall origin though because it's based on points difference. So commiserations to the Blues again. But yes, well done for, for winning a game. And um, showing the your male counterparts how it's done. Perhaps next week um, we might venture into the area of home de- decoration or something along those lines, Ryan, because we don't want to be some singularly focused on sport. I know you are fond of shopping for a nice cushion pairing with the uh, with the drapes. I think I'd prefer to talk about women's sport, actually. Elise Perry getting 99 last night in the women's ashes. That was an outstanding effort. There you go. We can balance it up. But regardless, the US market found a better footing last night compared to what we have seen in recent sessions. And what particularly stood out was the improvement for technology stocks, the Nasdaq up by a percent, the broader market, the S&P 500 up 0.4 of a percent, and the Dow Jones uh, just in negative territory by a modest margin, which was largely a reflection of the underperformance of energy stocks. But uh, for the second session in a row, what featured was Jerome Powell delivering the second leg of what used to be called the Humphrey Hawkins testimony. Ryan, do you remember the days when it was That's called? That's right. It was called Humphrey Hawkins, wasn't it? It was um, legislation passed in the 70s where twice a year the Fed chairman had head up to Capitol Hill and um, uh, appraised the lawmakers of what's going on with growth and inflation and interest rate uh, settings and the like. So uh, there he was, not departing from what he said in the previous night terribly much. No, we did see Chair Powell continue to beat his hawkish drum overnight. <laughs> And that suggests the central bank hasn't reached the end of its tightening cycle yet. But Fed Chair Powell said that he would move interest rates at a careful pace going forward. So what this all implies is that there's about a 75% chance that the US Federal Reserve will lift interest rates by 25 basis points at its July meeting. And there's likely to be another follow-up 25 basis points perhaps in the meeting following that. So Not much has changed on that front, but it was all about the Bank of England last night, of course. That's part of the reason why stocks found their footing last night. What we've heard in the last two days is the calibration of the idea that there are two more rate hikes in the pipeline. So that's worth pointing out because that is the expectation at the moment. So if something happens in the weeks ahead when there's a departure from that expectation, uh, be it for fewer rate hikes or perhaps another one, that will be when you see a, a readjustment in, in prices. Absolutely. So we did see US Treasury yields or bond yields last night up on the back of these expectations. We saw the 10-year up by seven basis points to 3.8% and the two-year, which is more interest rate sensitive, was up by nine basis points to 4.79%. So we To what extent do you think that was impacted by the Bank of England decision last night? Significantly. So we did see UK gilt yields or bond yields there up significantly. So That's what uh, we call British bonds, gilts. Gilts, yes. We did see them move very, very sharply. 
in response to the Bank of England's jumbo 50 basis point rate hike. And we were somewhat prescient the day before, Ryan, because we suggested that those uh, super strong inflation numbers that were released in the UK could perhaps be a pathway to a larger than expected rate hike. So congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> but the bank's forecast is yes, 25, yeah. so I uh, can't pat ourselves too much on the back. But we did see a 40% likelihood of a 50 basis point rate hike from the Bank of England and they duly delivered last night. They've taken the bank rate up to 5%. So that's now in the realm of where the US Federal Reserve is. And the Governor Bailey, he said that UK inflation is simply too high. Rate hikes cannot wait. They have to be done now and more urgently. And we did mention yesterday the UK inflation rate held at 8.7% in May stratospheric and they need to do something about it. Sticky inflation, wages grow strong, unemployment's low and broadly the UK is in a bit of a bind at the moment. And I suppose the point to make, Ryan, with the Bank of England being surprisingly robust with its rate hike is that last night as a theme you had central banks either hiking rates unexpectedly or more than expected because the Bank of England was one of four central banks to raise rates. Uh, Norges Bank, the Swiss National Bank and the Turkish Central Bank um, all raised rates last night. So if you're wondering why long and short-term interest rates were bumping higher, that's why. Indeed. And we saw Norway's krona, its currency, lead gains among developed currencies as the nation's officials pledged more aggressive tightening. So the Norges Bank, they lifted interest rates by 50 basis points, the Swiss National Bank by 25 basis points. So what this all suggests is that central banks are concerned about being behind the curve when it comes to combating elevated inflation, particularly services and core inflation. And they've now decided to become more aggressive. So that has really unnerved markets. We saw in London, the UK FTSE 100 index down 0.8%. And we did see the FTSE Euro First 300 index on the continent down by 0.5%. So European shares declined for a fourth day in a row. And they are under some pressure at the moment. Indeed. And I suppose that the point to make, because you know some people have not lived through an interest rate hiking cycle. And for the markets, one of the concerns that investors always have when it comes to a hiking cycle is that you know that relationship between where interest rates are and uh, inflation, the lagged effect or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, investors always worry that central banks are going to over-egg the omelette in terms of rate hikes, and we are precisely in that window of time now where you could say that's that's going on in terms of investor sentiment. And what we have seen is really a reaction in the bond market. So those bond yields have lifted, but what is also looked at very closely is the difference between short and long-term interest rates. So maybe the two-year yield and the 10-year yield, and they've become deeply inverted, which is typically a sign of a recession, the most inverted since the 1980s for the US yield curve. And in Germany, it's the most inverted since 1992, broadly around the time of of reunification of the country. So So just quickly to to, um, recap on that, that means that short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates, which is suggestive of a slowdown of activity in the future. And that is uh, why markets are very focused on that relationship between those two interest rates, because it Uh, is an indicator of whether or not you're going to see a recession. Absolutely. So short-term interest rates really refer to expectations around monetary policy. Which are set by central banks. Which are set by central banks. And then the longer term, the 10-year, looks at more 
economic growth and inflation. Indeed. So interestingly, you mentioned the corona. It seemed to ignore that fall in oil prices. This then leads into worries in commodity markets. So recession concerns, persistent worries about China's ailing economy, that is fitting into a sell-off in commodity prices at the moment, which is broadly disinflationary. And what we did see overnight was a big fall in those crude oil prices, down about about 4% after those central banks lifted interest rates, and that prompted more worries about the global economy and fuel demand. So It's also compounded by the fact that you've got the US dollar improving, which also puts downward pressure on commodity prices. That's right. So most commodities are denominated in US dollars, and we did see US dollar strength on the back of that risk aversion. So... We did see the US oil NYMEX price down by 4.2% to 69.51 US dollars a barrel, so the Saudis won't be very happy about <laughs> that. And of course, Aussie energy producers today will be in the firing line. They'll be line. under pressure, won't they? They'll be under enormous pressure. We also saw gold prices down by 1.1% with bond yields lifting to 1923.70 US dollars an ounce. And surprisingly, iron ore futures were pretty steady at 112.85 US dollars a tonne. Worth pointing out that when you see interest rate markets move higher, uh, that is negative for gold because gold doesn't give you anything. You um, have a hedge against whatever it is that you want to hedge against. But uh, when you buy a government bond, uh, it will give you a rate of return. And as that increases, that makes gold less attractive, I suppose. And in terms of what we're expecting today, we will probably see some of those gold miners under significant pressure, the likes of Newcrest and Santa Barbara and the like. So Look out for those today. The commodity complex looks like it's going to have a bad day. That said, one thing that will stand out in our session today is Cochlear. So that company is on watch today after the Hearing Solutions Company revealed that UK regulators have approved its acquisition of Oticon Medical, though the regulator has blocked the acquisition of the bone conduction implant side of the business for competition reasons. So Cochlear is a stock that is a bit of a heavyweight. And it's a blue chip. A blue chip. It stands yep. out. So that acquisition being approved in the UK may move its share price today. We've also seen NextDC, a company which is a global data center, which has been performing quite well lately. It's been upgraded as a buy by Goldman Sachs. So don't want to give any plugs here. Of course, we can't provide any advice. But no. That stock today could be one that stands out. Yes, and there are a few levers in the local market when it comes to that discussion around AI and what that might deliver uh, in terms of a growth dividend for companies, but certainly an organisation on the ASX that is seen in that neighbourhood is uh, is next DC. So today is a pretty thin day in terms of economic news, either at home or throughout the region, but we do end on a somewhat important note Elsewhere, we have got purchasing managers' figures out in the US and in Europe. So these are important outcomes at a time when the market's worried about growth. And in Australia this morning as well. So the PMIs, as they're called, they're effectively a survey of businesses in the manufacturing and services sector. And they provide useful near real-time readings on conditions in the broader economy. They've got a different history to the NAB business survey. But services PMIs have been broadly at expansionary levels as Australians continue to spend on travel and the services sector more broadly. But we have seen a contraction of manufacturing activity as demand for goods has begun to ease. Indeed. So we'll wrap it up there. The Aussie dollar 
a little bit softer compared to where it was yesterday afternoon. Not much changed. It's trading around 67 and a half US cents. Uh, all we have left to do, Ryan, is to thank the gentle listeners for tuning in this week. We really value their support. We're, Absolutely. Uh, we probably don't say that enough, but we're grateful for you tuning in every day. I think Tom will also appreciate the fact that Carlton has a buy this weekend. <laughs> Geelong had a fantastic win over Melbourne at home uh, in Cardinia Park. Uh, so the uh, the demons um, licking their wounds this morning. And the Swans might actually win a game. They're playing the West Coast this weekend. Anything else that you're going to be paying attention to on the weekend? Well, given Manly's NRL campaigns now in disarray with Turbo injured, probably not too much on the NRL at the moment. Excellent. All right. Well, on that note, um, we wish you all a great weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.